welcome to tits up when things go tits up they're broken tits up can also mean brave up and get on with it this is what we do as mothers when things are broken we pull up our big girl pants and we wade through the muck This episode of Tits Up is sponsored by Booby Foods, all natural and organic foods to nourish you as you breastfeed your baby. I guess I'm I'm someone who likes to be busy and I'm because of that I tend to be someone who ends up getting quite stressed and anxious. Um, and so I've kind of naturally gravitated towards yoga. Really gave me a balance to my busy quite chaotic crazy lifestyle I was just such a beautiful practice just to be able to connect with your baby and, and to have that, that touch as we know touch is our baby's first language and uh, yeah now I get massages from my babies or my kids so that's even better let's talk about the big ones you know the baby blues postnatal anxiety and depression how do we know it might be more than just adjusting to this massive life change not able to see their own mothers or their own families or yeah, see see their mother's group face to face. It's huge, uh, loving and helpful to everybody else. And yet when we turn that spotlight onto ourselves, we, we give ourselves a hard time. Um, and I think often we neglect how important rest is, deep, deep rest. Welcome to Tits Up. Our guest today is Katie Brown. Katie's been teaching yoga for more than 20 years and she's the Vice President of the International Yoga Teachers Association. She's also a qualified massage therapist and teaches a unique blend of restorative yoga and gentle yoga flows to encourage a sense of deep relaxation, restoration and rejuvenation. She's a mum of three teenagers, so she knows the value of staying healthy, calm and energised. She's written Mother Me, A Mum's Guide to Balance, Wellbeing and Harmony, and I love that book. And her latest book is Guided Relaxation, Your Essential Guide to Creating Calm. And she's created and presents the International Yoga Teachers um, Association Restorative Yoga Teaching Training across Australia and worldwide. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Lovely to be here, Pinky. And first up, Katie, how did you become involved with yoga and your journey to become a yoga teacher? Was there a tits up experience that started a journey into yoga and your focus on women's well-being and mental health? Yeah, well, I have to rewind quite a long time for that. Um, I guess I'm I'm someone who likes to be busy. And I'm because of that, I tend to be someone who ends up getting quite stressed and anxious. Um, and so I've kind of naturally gravitated towards yoga. But uh, I guess my, I found it when I was working on a magazine. Um, I've got a background as a journalist and I used to work on a newspaper and um, then I worked in magazines. But I've always been fascinated by women's health and, and health generally. So I actually ended up doing an aerobics course while I was working as a journalist and I loved it. But the, the part that I really enjoyed was the warm down at the end. And, um, and then I did a massage course and I enjoyed that too. But again, it wasn't quite my thing. And then I started going to yoga classes. But this is um, going back about 25 years or so ago. And um, I just, I love the yoga. I love the fact that it was really gave me a balance to my busy, quite chaotic, crazy lifestyle. And, um, and then when I was, uh, I, I then 
Um, I used to live in the UK and then I came over to Australia um, just over 20 years ago and I found myself enrolling in a yoga teaching course and not, not to teach but because I loved yoga so much but I, I, I knew I wasn't getting the whole depth of the practice from going to a class. I really wanted to find out more about the philosophy and go into the practices in more detail. So yeah. Right. Yes, because when I knew you, you were a journalist, but well, I think you still are part-time, aren't you? Freelance as well. And um, yeah, we that's right. Well, I, massage I, training together. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, I um, I fell pregnant, and um, because of I love massage anyway, and I knew the value of massage, and I was fascinated by baby massage. So I did a course while I was pregnant and I just loved it so much that I ended up um, doing the teacher training for um, to become a registered infant massage trainer and practitioner. And uh, yeah, that's right. And I'm, I still actually to this day, I, I still run infant massage classes and uh, I'm still with Infant Massage Australia. And it, it was just such a beautiful practice just to be able to connect with your baby um, and to have that, that touch, as we know, touch is our baby's oh. first language. And uh yeah, now I get massages from my babies or my kids, so that's even better. Yes, yes, and they seem to have a really good, you know, pressure, don't they? I wonder if it is because they grew up with massage. I think it's instinctive for them, you know. They're very um, comfortable with touch and with connection and hugs and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes my son, if I'm a bit shitty, he'll walk up behind me and give me a shoulder massage. I um, know. Breathe, he'll say. My husband can do it, but it doesn't feel the same. For some yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're annoying me. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. There's nothing better than a child giving you a massage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I ended up massaging my grandbabies, you know, like it was just a, just such a lovely thing to do that, yeah. you know, when you're passed down. Yeah. Okay, Katie, let's start straight in on mental health and new mums because we are talking about mental health and mums, but let's start with the new mums and Let's talk about the big ones, you know, the baby blues, postnatal anxiety and depression. And how do we know, for, you know, if, if you're a mum or if you're a friend of a mum or partner of a mum or a family member, you know, the mums we love, how do we know it might be more than just adjusting to this massive life change? Yeah, that's a great question. And um Baby blues tends to affect around 80% of new mums. Um, and it's, it's normally a, um, a result of after we give birth, um, we a lot of the hormones that we've had during pregnancy, estrogen, progesterone, and so on, will um, just release once we actually give birth to the baby. And that can be up to like 200 times the normal levels of estrogen and up to 500 times the levels of progesterone. And they're the hormones needed to have a lovely, beautiful, healthy baby. But we're suddenly, we go through the whole birthing process, when it, which in itself is exhausting. Um, and then we've got the new baby and we're, um, we're feeding our baby perhaps, or we're just, there's things that we're having to deal with physically. Um, and obviously there's that lack of sleep as well. So for any new mum, it's an absolutely exhausting transition. Um, but so baby blues tends to affect about um, eight out of 10 mums. And it normally kind of goes away after about three to five days or possibly even up to a couple of weeks later. But um, I think it's, um, I mean, I'm not a, um, a mental health nurse, but um, I, my, my experience is that um, if, if you're still feeling that, um, 
you're not having joy in your life or you're feeling very irritable and those kind of feelings aren't going away. You're continually having trouble sleeping. You're feeling on edge most of the time. If you've got any doubt at all, it's definitely worth going to speak to um, your childhood nurse or your GP or to a psychologist or counsellor. Um, just because the earlier that you do, manage to get treatment and help for any kind of postnatal depression or anxiety, the easier it will be to, to get over that. And, and I, I had postnatal anxiety um, with my first child and, um, and I know I had it in not quite as um, seriously with my subsequent children, but um, yeah. And, and also, you know, if there are other life thing, life changes and experiences going on, then you might be more predisposed to it because at the time I just lost my job and my mum had um, recently passed away. So I, I guess I, <laughs> I I may as well head on my forehead, you know, I am going to, yeah, I'm going to need extra help. And I, and I certainly did. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, whether you have something out of left field or not. But I think that, you know, knowing that your own mum would have loved to see your children and she's not going to, and, you know, that must play on your mind. In a oh, terrific way. And it's so tough. Yeah. And we've also just had two years where mums haven't had their normal supports, whether it's, you know, mum's group or even face-to-face -face visits with their health nurse um, or their own mum not being able to visit, you know, just not having that proper face-to-face -face support that all mums deserve. So it's pretty awful. So when a mum is too overwhelmed to reach out, because everybody says, you know, reach out for help, but sometimes it's so awful that you can't reach out how can we reach in and help the mums we know and love what what would you have found helpful do you think I think just uh, people just checking in with you and just just um just asking how are you and then but not just listening to the first answer that you give but kind of saying no really how are you you know is there anything I can do for you um and I I know that uh yeah, just, just having that kind of connection. And it's an interesting point that you make about, you know, we've just gone through the, obviously, the lockdowns and um, the restrictions and we're still having to wear masks and we're not hugging, we're not touching as much as we used to. We haven't got that human connection and it's just not quite the same when you're on a screen. I recently um, ran a face-to-face a -face restorative yoga course. In fact, just this weekend, just gone. And because of COVID, I'd had to run the previous three online. And although it was lovely, it was great to have that connection. It was just a whole new level. You're just, just being able to see people, being able to touch and, and have that connection. It makes a massive difference. And so mums who they've not got, they're not able to see their own mothers or their own families or yeah, see see their mother's group face to face, it, it's huge. Um, so yeah, you just need to to just to just reach out to people and um, yeah, just just let them know that you're there for them. The new mums that you know, yeah. Mm. And what do you think? I mean, obviously COVID, all those things. What are you seeing? Because you are working with mums doing your baby massage and things like that. That are the biggest pressures for new mums and. Where are they coming from? Because there's so much pressure now, I'm sure, from, you know, perhaps even from when you had your kids, because how old are they now? Yep. Well, yeah, 
they're, they're huge. I don't know. I, I spent my whole time as a new mum, couldn't believe I'd had a baby. And now I spend my whole time going, oh my gosh, how can my kids be that old now? Um, in fact, I can't even actually say that my I'm a mum of three teenagers because my oldest recently turned 20 and oh, um, my wow. daughter is 17 <laughs> and my youngest is 14. So um yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're all pretty big kids now. Um, and it's a whole new stage of life. It's, um, but it's interesting about the, the pressures because I still believe that often we're the ones that put those pressures upon ourselves. You know, we're really quite um, loving and helpful to everybody else. And yet when we turn that spotlight onto ourselves, we, we give ourselves a hard time. We don't just congratulate ourselves for actually just getting up in the morning or just getting out of the door. But uh, I've noticed with, you know, from being a young mum to now being a slightly older mother, um, and how things, there are more and more activities, there are more and more competitions, there are more and more things you have to do. And you're on call 24 seven. Um, yeah, you need to, it, it, there's just pressures coming from every single direction these days. And, um, and I think we really need to work on lowering that bar and uh, rather than raising it ourselves and for our children so it's us putting a bar down because this is it even as they grow things seem to get faster and faster I mean when you have that newborn there's so many pressures around about you know is your baby sleeping is he a good baby how's he feeding blah 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 you know it's it's constant and you're really examining yourself and I think it's almost like a lesson to start with the bar fairly low because we all want to be good mothers whatever a good mm. mother is you know it's it's crazy isn't it that we put those pressures on ourselves where you know we can't necessarily have a you know a wonderfully clean house and a baby that's settled all the time and you know there might be the odd moments when it all comes together but yeah we're presented well, with this beautiful social media images as well aren't we yeah, exactly. Well, the thing that really kind of helped me, and that's why I've gone down this work, this line now, is um, relaxation. That was my thing. That's what got me through as a new mum. I would, because uh, I had terrible trouble sleeping and uh, my baby was a little, my first child was um, a little unsettled. And, and even if I had the opportunity to sleep, I wouldn't because it was so much pressure on needing to sleep at that point, you know, it ended up being really oh. difficult. So I found myself doing lots of guided relaxations and I would um, relax, I'd feed my baby and then I'd take that time to relax rather than just suddenly jump up and do a chore that needed to be done. And I would do a very deep restorative yoga practice or a deep guided relaxation and I'd find that I'd be resting. Um, and I think often we neglect how important rest is, deep, deep rest, because that can be just as beneficial sometimes as sleep and often it will lead to sleep as well. Um, but when we do relax in that way, we come into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for rest and digest. And, um, and it really helps to um, nurture our nervous system. It helps our digestive system, our immune function. It will encourage us to have a deeper more um, soothing sleep and when we're in that state that also um, encourages our babies our babies become more relaxed when we're more relaxed and um, so often we feel like we have to be buzzing around doing all these things where in fact if we take that time to rest really deeply to do a guided relaxation practice then 
we are actually being incredibly productive. We're being really um, bringing ourselves into a state of health and healing. We're helping to balance out our, our hormonal activities. And there was a, a study I came across recently that was done in Malaysia, and they found that mothers who were breastfeeding who had a regular guided relaxation practice or listening to an audio relaxation, they um, had less cortisol in their breast milk and their babies were sleeping on average 83 minutes more a day because they were That's taking huge. that time to rest and relax. Massive, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, where we're putting our pressures on ourselves to do more, to be more, and yet actually you need to reverse that. And once you start to reverse that and you're resting more, then you are more, you, you have more energy and you're actually coming for, into parenting from a perspective of feeling got a clearer perspective you've got a you're, you're less kind of caught up with situations that might um, cause you stress you I find that I'm a, a nicer person to be around I'm a happier person I'm able to feel more positive about things um, because I'm coming from that place of relaxation rather than that place of stress because mm, maybe just talk a little bit about the hormones of stress and what actually happens when we we're racing because there is this pressure to race and surrender is really, really hard. You know, I see really high achieving mums, you know, yep. clients who are athletes or actors or, you know, whatever, lawyers, doctors, you know, people have had a really stressful but productive life, um, yep. you know, productive according to the myths that are around us, you know, whereas often relaxing, is actually the most productive thing you can do when you've got a baby or any time as, as a mother. But what is happening to our bodies when we get into this stress cycle? Yeah, when, when we do, we, we, we have the amygdala, that's like the watchtower of our brain. So we're constantly looking at things and not even realising we're doing this, but we might perceive something or see something as a stressful situation. If we're in a state of chronic stress, that amygdala is often kind of overactivated and we'll often react um, instead of looking at something from a clear perspective. So we're more likely to kind of spin off into that stress reaction. Um, but if you're coming from a base of feeling fairly relaxed, your, your amygdala is kind of the watchtower, then that will send a message to the hypothalamus. And then that will, if it's a, a stressful situation, then it will react by um, uh, just telling the adrenals to um, create more cortisol and, um, and you'll start to get that adrenaline coming through that epinephrine coming through the body, um, which is a primitive reflex. And, um, you know, originally was because we could flee a dangerous situation. So what's happening is the blood in the body is leaving, uh, is, is going towards the extremities so that you've got more energy so you can get out of a situation that's stressful. And our brains don't actually know the difference between a real stress and a perceived stress. So we can get ourselves into a, such a, a state over something that's actually not happening. But, you know, I, I know this is, you know, I, I was always doing this as a new mum. I was kind of, my brain was spinning off thinking this was going to happen, that was going to happen, my baby's about to wake up. And, you know, and you can feel yourself getting faster and faster and not being able to think clearly, not feeling grounded. Um, but, you know, we... As mums and anyone, we, we, we have these stressful situations that we encounter all, all the time. And stress doesn't necessarily have to, it's not a bad thing. It's something that, um, you know, we'll naturally have to give us that energy to, to do something and act accordingly. But then what needs to happen is that we need to then 
realize that that stressful situation is abated, and then we need to come back into that parasympathetic nervous system. So when we're feeling in a stress state, that's the sympathetic nervous system. And then we want to come back into the parasympathetic. And that's where the blood flows then back into the internal organs. Our heart rate begins to slow. We begin to breathe, you know, have a longer exhalation and just feel a little bit calmer and more relaxed. Um, so ideally, we want that to be our default. We really want to be in a place of our parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and um, but if we are having those continual thoughts or situations, um, then we can be feeling quite chronically stressed, and that's very depleting over time um, and exhausting to and be in that state. The physical illnesses that come in. Oh, yeah, sorry, just our immune function is compromised. That's right. If we're um, and when we're back in parasympathetic, our immune system is able to um, you know, function really well. And um, yeah, so so, yeah, it all comes back to the best thing any mum can do is relax. <laughs> but that sounds like really, you know, <laughs> you know, if someone comes along like, at you, you're in a hissy fit yeah. and someone says, just relax. Yeah, yeah, it's You're not that easy. It, it really isn't that to. easy. <laughs> you exactly. You them. need to know how to get yourself back into that state. And I, I, I think of it as like the steps of stress. So every day that we get up, we're going to find that there's something that's stressful that happens to us. You know, maybe we're trying to drop a child off to school and they're not even wearing the shoes or something stupid like that. And then you've got to go back and get them their shoes and all that kind of stuff. Or you've just taken the nappy bag, you've got no nappies and your baby's just done a massive poop. And yeah, so you'll, you'll get that stress and then something else happens and then you get another stress and another stress. But if you're not doing something to help you get back down off of that stress to that base level where you feel calm, then by the end of the day, you're going to be right at the top and you're right at the cliff edge of that stress. And to come back down to feeling relaxed is a very long way. Whereas if you're doing things during your day to help you feel calm and relaxed, then you're able to manage those stresses but not feel quite so depleted and exhausted and overwhelmed by the end of the day. So how can we bring ourselves down? What can we do? <laughs> Newborns need to be fed around the clock and the mama milk machine does not stop day or night. The average baby requires at least nine hours of hands-on care a day and that doesn't include all the extra tasks of washing, cooking and basic self-care like simply having a shower that goes with a new addition to your family. As you breastfeed and care for your baby, feeding yourself is often the last thing you can manage. And this is why I, Pinky, I'm an international board certified lactation consultant, created delicious booby foods. So far, booby brickies and booby brekkie to nourish you as you breastfeed your baby. As a nourishing snack, an analysis by Victoria University Melbourne found that Pinky's booby foods can be a helpful nutritional complement to a healthy, balanced diet. And because we know that everything mothers eat will be passed to their baby through breast milk, booby bickies and booby brekkie are made from all natural and organic ingredients with no preservatives or additives. You can download my free ebook, Making More Mummy Milk Naturally, 
and you'll get 15% off any purchase when you order Booby Beckies, Booby Brekkie, or any of the carefully curated breastfeeding accessories at www.boobyfoods.com.au. Use the code TITSUP at checkout to receive your 15% discount. we can breathe that's one thing we can do and um, in my new book the guided relaxation I've got some breathing practice some tranquilizing pranayama we call it in yoga um, so breathing practices that you can do easily no one even needs to know that you're doing them um, to help come back into that parasympathetic state so ideally what you want to do is lengthen the exhalation so have a long slow exhalation and then just breath in and then again, another long, slow exhalation. And each time you exhale, you can have that sense of just releasing any tightness within the body, any thoughts that aren't helping you. Um, just let go of every last drop of air. And then as you breathe in, have a sense of drawing in what you need. Whether that could be a sense of feeling peaceful, calm, energized. Um, and just, just taking that awareness back to the breath mindfulness is also really helpful and that's in the book as well um coming into some if you've got a little bit more time restorative yoga positions where you are supported by props and held by the earth and you can begin to let go and feel like um, your muscles are almost unraveling and, and releasing um and yeah centering practices that's another thing that i do as well just um visualizations and uh, ways that you can come back into of calm so as a very special little gift for everyone listening katie can you take us through one of your breathing and centering exercises just so right now people can you know depending where you are i mean you might be driving your car watching you know listening to this podcast or you might be walking with the pram with your baby or something like that but if katie can lead us through and maybe listen yep. again later on to this um, magical breathing and centering exercise. So, you know, hopefully, yeah. Fall, and hopefully, I listen and I don't fall asleep. I am a shocker <laughs> when I do yoga. I was at a conference once in the States, and the beautiful girl who was room sharing with me did a, you know, guided relaxation yoga thingy and I thought I can't sit in my chair because I thought I said I have to lie on the floor and then I woke up and they were going through this meditation on me I didn't see any flowers was it doing me any good when it when that happens it still does it really does you know I know there's some yoga teachers will say oh well you know I if you're doing the practice it's kind of best not to fall asleep if you can um, avoid it but I you know as a new mom it's very difficult to do that um ideally we want to kind of be what what in what's called the hypnagogic state which is that beautiful slither of space between sleep and wakefulness it's that kind of lovely dreamy state where the mind is still fairly alert but the body is completely relaxed so that is what we're really aiming for and I always say look if you fall asleep that's fine because your body needs it you know that's what you need at that time and you know you still got your subconscious listening to the 
the the words and the affirmations anyway um and yeah I'll, I'll sometimes just go and just squeeze someone's toe if they start to snore but yeah <laughs> my daughter and I were in class once and I apparently were lying flat off and I apparently started snoring and she was trying to kick me from where she was because she was in fact yes. she was young <laughs> oh no it's, it's so good the meditation because I have ADHD and you know I don't take anything for it you know I just thought well that's how I've always been no no offense to anyone who does medicate but you know I am a bit hyper and when that yoga session you know the teacher said today we're going to do a guided relaxation for the whole I don't know it was 45 minutes or something and I went how am I going to lie still for 45 minutes and I completely dozed off excepting that I snored and my daughter was going Mom. <laughs> <laughs> we are all so sleep deprived you know not just new yeah. moms and yeah so many of us you know and our, our and our quality of sleep is often not so good either so that's why it's really lovely to have a practice a guided relaxation practice regularly and yeah for everybody really and um, because it will help you have that rest on that really deep level but it will also help your sleep as well it does. So, yeah, don't I worry about snoring. relaxation every night, you know, and it gets me to sleep like nine times out of Fantastic. ten. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, and as a new mum, if you're up in the night, which you probably will be, breastfeeding or dealing with toddler um, nightmares and all kinds of things like that, yeah, just being able to calm and soothe yourself. And um, actually with my kids, we used to, um, if we went away and we were all in the same room, we do kind of take it in turns to do a guided relaxation. And my youngest son, he'd be like, listening to the garbage truck you know and we're like no no <laughs> but yeah it's <was> hilarious <laughs> and actually I've used my guided relaxations to get his friends all to sleep at sleepovers so yeah that's another oh, really good, good reason why yes. yeah 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 <laughs> But yes, let's do a, a, a breathing do practice. Now, because I know as new mums, one of the most important things you need to do, particularly at the end of the day, is release. Um, so this is release valve breath. And I I, I do this as a, imagine that you've um, a, a camping bed or a mattress or something that as you release all the air at the end, um, this is almost like you're releasing any stagnant air, any stale air, anything that may you may have brought in to your body from the day. So it's um, a really lovely practice just to let go. All right. So when you do your breathing practice, it's really good. I mean, ideally, if you can lie down in a Shavasana or just, just in a supported, comfortable position on your bed or on a yoga mat or sit down. Um, but, you know, if you, you can always do this standing anytime. Um, but the idea is really if you can be aware of your posture. So your spine is nice and long. Your shoulders are relaxed and just be aware of the weight evenly spread between either both sit bones or both feet. Okay, so this is particularly good, this um, breathing practice if you've had a challenging day. So imagine when you are exhaling that you are releasing air from a balloon. Your mouth acts as the release valve as you let go of the air on your exhale. Purse your lips now into an O shape. And on your exhale, feel the air release softly out of the mouth, taking with it any tension and stale air from the body. You may notice a soft sound like a breeze through the leaves as you exhale. 
Empty out the entire breath. And then close the lips and take another breath in through the nose. You may like to make a soft hissing sound as you exhale. Like a sound. Have a play with the different sounds as you breathe out. Remember, there is no right or wrong. It is simply a case of letting go with each and every breath. As you practice, you may become aware of a short pause at the end of each inhalation and exhalation. In yoga, this is called kumbhaka or breath retention. So just continue at your own pace, breathing in through the nose, creating an O with the lips and softly, slowly releasing the exhalation all the way out. When you are ready to finish, close the lips and notice the breath return to its natural rhythm. Spend a few moments observing the breath flowing in and out of the body. And then take a big sigh, yawn, stretch and smile. Thanks, Katie. I didn't fall asleep. That's good. I was watching you because I've got Katie on Zoom. (laughs) I've got um, halfway through this, but I did the breathing and it does feel good. Like my shoulders are down. That's great. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Just the exhalation, releasing every single last drop for there. And then notice the retention, perhaps the, the, the breath out before you inhale again. And then have a, just a moment where the breath's in and then letting it all the way back out again, following that exhalation. And then before you know it, just maybe even three rounds and you'll start to feel a little bit more relaxed and you'll notice that breath is slowing a little. That's so easy. We take about 20,000 breaths every day, and yet we're ba- barely aware of any of those breaths. And as soon as we come back to the breath, then, um, yeah, we can start to, it's almost that key to helping yourself come back into that state of relaxation. Mm, and it's really simple, isn't it? It's really simple. Very, though, very simple. Yeah. So, That's yeah. all we need. We, yeah. It's not another to-do kind of pressure. It's just... No. Simple. You can do that as you sit and feed your baby, really. It's exactly. And we all know how our breath helps. Yeah, our breath helps in childbirth. So just do those breaths after you've had your baby too. Um, Yeah. Mm. So before we finish up, Katie, where can people go for more of your beautiful, supportive work, your books and your classes? So some of the classes are online, aren't they? Some of them are online so that people anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's um, katiebrownyoga.com and the book is Guided Relaxation. I've also got Mother Me and they're both available as ebooks. and Guided Relaxation is also available as an audio book. So you could just listen to that as you, you know, feed right. your baby or, yeah. And there's um, relaxation. So that was just a breathing practice, but I've got centerings, which are about five minute um, 
relaxation practices where you just feel centered and grounded and come out of your head and you come back into the body. Um, and then I've got longer guided relaxations. So there's some which are based around the seasons, the elements, the chakras. I've got some for children as well in that book. And so you can read them to your child and then you should hopefully start to feel relaxed as well. And um, yeah, and I've got all kinds of resources on my website as well. So yeah, katiebrownyoga.com. That's awesome. And like you say, with the kids, if they've got your voice, you know, their own mum's voice reading to them, there's something beautiful about that. And I found, you know, yeah. I sort of discovered children's meditations with my youngest child and oh, it made such a difference because, you know, he had teenage siblings he was I had this bonus baby and he was the wild child of the family and there'd be big kids up late you know just sitting there with him and doing those re relaxations those meditations yeah. really helped him settle and go to sleep it was quite a big key from about three years I'd say yeah. close to three he was ready to do them and yeah and I've taught other mothers how to do them too and it just makes such a difference so if they can go on well and do them absolutely that's right it's beautiful and I I do um baby arms I always tell my new moms um when you're out and about just maybe hold your baby really close to you and then you can just do a really soft quiet on no one else need hear just breathing in through the nose and then on and you can do a few of those and then your baby hears that your heart is close to your baby's heart and um, you both kind of relax together and then your baby starts to instinctively it's like the, the baby massage they start to instinctively come back to the breath and they, they these tools that we're using to help relax ourselves will your baby will pick up on those and um, yeah and then you do them together and some words phrases things that you can just drip feed into your day or sprinkle into your day that help you both feel relaxed just wonderful it's a beautiful tip yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah now I've got a question it's very personal what I ask all of our guests because we we need to know that even mums like Katie who are super calm and you know they have tits up moments with their kids so you know I always like to ask the expert mums tell us about a tits up experience you've had as a mum Maybe with your kids, maybe just something you've stuffed up. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many things that I have stuffed up. Um, yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think of one of the worst um, uh, every day. Well, I always think that, you know, I used to think it was my parents, that, or your, your parents that embarrass you, but I've realized it is actually your kids that embarrass you. Um, yeah. yeah. I have a son <laughs> who is gay and very fashionista. And I was walking through the shopping centre and there's my, you know, there was my favourite shop there. It's not there anymore. And I said, ah, oh, just pop in here. You can give me some, you know, fashion police advice. And I tried on this cardigan. And he said to me, no, mum, he's a teenager. Oh, well, he was probably about 20, you know, around about that age. And I said, he said, no, mum, you look like a swimmer, Olympic team, because I've actually got broad shoulders. And the lady in the shop said to me, is he one of yours? And I said, oh, yes, he came out of my vagina. And he said, and I've never looked at another one since. <laughs> oh my, God, about, my mother is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, 
actually, I do have a very, very embarrassing um, parenting moment, um, I have to say. This actually involves, this was more recently, though, okay? So it involves my now 20-year-old who went on a Tinder date. And um, I, he didn't know this girl. He'd never met her before. And I was like, oh, have a great time, mate. And they were going to a local national park for a picnic. And so I I, I texted him after a while and said, oh, how it's, how's it going? And I didn't hear anything. And then I tried to ring him a couple more hours later and I didn't hear anything. The phone was off. And then he'd been gone for about six hours and I was getting really worried. And I thought, you know right. what? If he was a girl, I'd be down there. I'd be calling the police. You know, like I'd be really, really worried. I said, Why aren't I as a boy? That's terrible. So um, I said to um, Alec, my husband, I said, oh, you know, Lucas is not, I can't haven't heard from him I'm really worried and we were going to go for a walk so we went well why don't we just go to that national park and we'll just he'd taken our other car we'll just see if we can find his car or find him and so we're driving around and we can't see him and I'm getting really worried and thinking maybe he's been kidnapped by some awful organization and it was all a ruse of this date and um and then we see the car and then we look around and there's this little picnic blanket down and there's the two of them having a picnic together I went, oh, thank goodness. Oh, isn't that cute? That's really sweet. What have they been doing for six hours? But anyway, that's cute. And then we're about to drive out. And then we realized that the National Park's about to close, like in about 10 minutes. And we're going to get a fine. Well, he's going to get a fine. And we'll probably have to pay for it. So we're like, what do we do? And we went, well, we're here now. So um, Alec went out of the car and then tiptoed around, sprang out of the bushes with them having a picnic and went, oh you didn't expect to see me but the park's about to close see you and then I, I sprang out because I thought well that'll be too embarrassing for Alec and I was going hi nice to meet you uh yeah just just quickly get out before you get the fine and then we just jumped in the car and we drove off and we were like oh my god he will never ever trust us again and it's true he hasn't we've only recently found out he's got a new girlfriend and he didn't even tell us so as parents just know when to back off <laughs> as they get older <laughs> But yes, there you go. That's my embarrassing moment as a parent. I've got lots of them. Yeah, yeah. I know, we stick our feet right in it. <laughs> I've got another one Absolutely. with a small child too. I um, had my toddler in a, we were in New Zealand, we lived in New Zealand for about five years. I'm actually originally from New Zealand, and you may hear that in the accent, and had my toddler in a health food shop. Now they were all, run, the first health food shops were run by sanitary. So they're all, you know, good Christian people. And my child swore. And I could see this older lady look at me like, what was I going to do? Because back in the day, people smacked their children for things like that, you yeah. know, or put soap in their mouth or whatever, which of course I wouldn't have had a bar of soap. And I just looked at him and I said, Mummy would be very sad to hear you say that word and marched him from shift on his hand and marched him out of the shop. And he looks up at me and says, You are my mummy. <laughs> yes, but I didn't have that older lady telling me off. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Oh, I'll Actually, have to remember that. I mean, it was spur of the moment, but I had to remember that afterwards to say, you know, if my kid does anything revolting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not your child, yeah. It's not mine. <laughs> there, I do have, oh, my God, the more you think about it, the more embarrassing moments come up. But um, I do remember one time um, with my in-laws, um, we'd gone to on holiday and we'd stopped somewhere and we'd, um, everyone of us taking it in turns to push um, my daughter in her pram. And then um, I'd gone into another shop and then um, we'd met the others. And then suddenly I looked around and went, where's the baby? And someone had, um, one, I think it was my mother-in-law, but I'm not actually saying that now, um, had actually, <laughs> the baby was still in the pram in the sweet shop, which was next door. 
And so we all kind of um, bolted back and um, the, the owner was looking over the pram going, where's this parents, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so we lost, we <laughs> did leave my daughter in a sweet shop one time on our own. So yes, we forgot her, poor thing. And I remember actually another time having the pram and it was so complicated to try and put it down that I couldn't actually put it down to put it in the car. And I've, uh, yeah, I had to ask someone's help with that one too. So, yeah, too many embarrassing things to think about. Embarrassing things. They'll keep on going and we'll have our tits up moments, you know, as mothers and, you know, but but what we do, we just, you know, um, because you're English, I can say this. I've had people say, oh, tits up so sexist. And I go, no, it was actually an English saying when blokes fell over tits up. You know, that was, yeah. was it wasn't even about women, but, you know, and, and then you just look at each other. You know, I've always said to my girlfriends, oh, tits up, meaning let's go, <laughs> get on with it. Yeah. And so absolutely, as a, as a Kiwi, that's sort of what we say. We're not trying to be sexist. We're not trying to say, you know, um, it's a terrible No, thing. not at all. Mm. And it's about kind of having a laugh as well, you know, not taking things too seriously or feel like you failed. you just got to laugh at this stuff because... You know, at the end of the day, it's funny and it's just another story for you to remember. And um, yeah, it's all part of the experience. It's to embarrass you with. <laughs> yeah. So finally, what's your best tip for our listeners on how to be the mother you want to be? Ooh, um, I'd have to keep coming back to taking that time out for you to rest and relax. Um, because the more I do that, the nicer I am to everybody around me. And that's why if I ever tell anyone I'm going to yoga in my house, they're like pushing me out the door, you know, because <laughs> they know I'm going to come back in a better space and I'm going to have more patience and I'm going to be more empathetic and I'm going to not get so worried or worked up about things. If mama's not happy, nobody ain't happy. <laughs> Go to yoga. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> rest yeah okay well, that's fabulous thanks katie for all those beautiful tips and this is oh thank you off. tits up ladies pull up your big girl pants we can do this we are mothers in the spirit of reconciliation i acknowledge aboriginal and torres strait islander peoples as the traditional owners and custodians of this country and their connection to land water and community. We pay our respect to them, their cultures and customs, and to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tits Up. This podcast was produced by Dave Stokes. For more information, connections with our guests and special offers from our show sponsors, please pop over to my website and check out the show notes www.pinkymccabe.com. I would love it if you could please share the love by leaving a review. Five-star reviews will help other mums to find this support and information too.